everybody. This is the Lament Configuration Horror Podcast. I'm Greg Knox, and I'm joined by a lady who is tall and blonde with blue eyes. It's Rhea Fend. Hello, Greg. We have ways of making you talk, and this time it is with a microphone and film reviews, as per (laughs) usual, as we get back to our video nasties with a Nazi twist. (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you've guessed it. It's the Nazploitation episode of our video nasties Brilliant. at the Lament Configuration, <laughs> and we have a very special guest returning to the show. Greg, who is joining us today? Right. So we're joined by someone who, when I explained to him that we were doing this show, he didn't ask. He demanded <laughs> to come on the show with us. He's been on the show before. He appeared on our Halloween special last year. It's the former host of Reviews from the Outer Rim and Off the Reels. It's Mr. Tom Dennett Cook, everybody. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me back on. That's uh, can I just say, very classy intro, guys. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Just Worked that it. sort of came together, <laughs> didn't it, there? Yeah, exactly. Oh, dear. Right. So, I have to be serious for a minute, unfortunately. Okay. So, as we've already covered... We're going to be talking about exploitation films on the show today. Now, exploitation is a very controversial topic. It's, in fact, the most probably controversial sub-genre of exploitation that there is. Now, discussing this, we're going to be covering topics that some people may find offensive or upsetting. And that's fine. But if you're listening to this show now, we assume that you are responsible enough to know kind of what you're getting into. And you kind of know the tone of the show it's going to be i it's probably not going to be very serious it's going to be quite glib however if you're likely to be distressed by anything that we talk about on the show today i advise you to stop listening right now this is your only warning okay <laughs> right <laughs> now as you can we, ima- we do take this sort of thing very seriously it isn't a joke but uh, in the true style of our video nasties, which can be quite distressing, we do try to make light of it to make it something interesting to listen to, and we do not in any way um, promote anything that happens in these films that may be exploitative or distressing or violent. And also, there are lots of spoilers in this show. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not Nazis. Basically, yeah, that's, that's basically in a nutshell. We're not Nazis. We're not. Yeah. We're not Nazis. And to be honest, have you seen any of these films? Like, it's quite difficult to take a lot of these films really very seriously. And let's face it, the purpose of the show is to entertain the listener, and that's what I hopefully that we are going to do today. So let's go on with the show. So uh, we're talking about Nazi exploitation today, Tom. As we've brought you on the show <laughs> as our expert in Nazi exploitation. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for the benefit of listeners, what is Nazi exploitation? I suppose Nazi exploitation started out as an extension of the women in prison subgenre, which is basically, as it sounds, women in prisons being subjected to all kinds of horrible things by prison guards. Nazi exploitation, specifically, I mean, one of the reasons I find it interesting is it, it extends a lot of pre existing types of cinema. So, this is an extension of women in prison films. Normally, they're very um, bomb on the barrel. I mean, I'm somebody who likes B-movies and trash cinema. So I kind of... Yeah, I made it my quest to find, like, the worst types of movies out there. And I think... I think I can confidently say Nazi exploitation is the worst subgenre of cinema, both in quality and the controversy that I'm sure we'll cover. Yes. Um, In a nutshell, yeah, they're films... 
film set largely in concentration camps and experiment camps where people get tortured. I think when we were watching these recently, we used the term torture porn. Yeah. Because that didn't exist back then when these films were made, but I guess they're torture porn set in with, with the Nazi theme. Yes. Yeah, so to me, <clears throat> you're kind of right. So I, I would say it's a mixture of women in prison. Mm-hmm. Some of them have like the torture porn elements, as you said. Some of them have legit war kind of, you know, yeah. in there. Some less so than others. And yeah, it's kind of this weird kind of mishmash of all of these different subgenres, but it's not really tied to what it's not even really tied to horror it's very difficult to categorize that's another reason i've always found it as an interesting little because i'm i guess i'm more interested in the history of cinema than cinema sometimes Mm. and looking at nazi exploitation you can see there was a lot of films at the time that were quite big um that dealt with similar subject matters so the night porter selling kitty even cabaret to a degree mixes this element of nazism and sex together and then obviously you put that in the hands of sleazy Italian directors and you will get you will yeah. get all kinds of things. Um, in terms of the sexual and gratuitous aspect of it, mm-hmm. obviously torture, um, you, there's a lot of opportunity for nudity. <laughs> so we've got that in there. In terms of the Nazi um, military sort of element, um, if you like uniforms, that's like a fetish, and mm-hmm. a fetish sort of thing that you will see in these films. And there's also um, very stern, um, domineering Nazi leading women mm-hmm. of the SS who are often very beautiful and very evil, mm-hmm. which um, directors do use as like a selling point. Um, it can be very sexy in that way, sort of empowered women or women domineering men and lots of S&M in terms of the is, yeah, torture. extension, again, like I said, it, not only an extension of women in prisons films, but an extension of uniform fetishes. I mean, if, if a uniform fetish boils down to authoritarianism, the Nazis are the, extent, the extreme of that, and S&M, the Nazis are the extreme of that. So it's, it just come together of all these different things. In terms of the Nazi villains being sort of these sexualised characters, I mean, that didn't even start with Nazi exploitation. You watch old war movies, things like Where Eagles Dare and stuff, the Nazi villains are always... Because I've always been fascinated by how Nazis are represented in fiction. Because, weirdly, even though they're the bad guys, we glamorise them almost like Bond villains. And yeah. you watch the old war movies like Weagle's there, and they're always like these elaborate villains, just like Bond villains, mm. over the top. And then deliberately, you know, you never see ugly Nazi villains. They're yeah. always, yeah, these handsome men or these beautiful women. So yeah. it's just weird... It started, always off, well made it started off, well. yeah. It started off in the war movies as them being almost glamorized, mm-hmm. and then in Nazi exploitation, they take that glamorization again to a logical conclusion, which is to sexualize it. Yeah. So it didn't just, you know, Nazi exploitation didn't just pop out of nowhere. There's all these pre-existing things that build into it. And the Nazis themselves were experts. Just actual history for a second. Yeah. Experts yeah. in propaganda. You know, they weren't known for it. If there's one thing they could do, it was sell their brand. Yeah. So everything about the uniform, everything from, you know, the Hugo Boss uniforms, mm. um, which he famously designed, and the swastika and all the propaganda, it's all designed to be enticing. Yeah. So it's hardly surprising that people do fetishize Nazism because it's, yeah. it's designed to be liked. Yeah. And that's one of the weird things about it. Yeah. It's a strong look. It's a, it's a look of power, isn't it? I think yeah. that's what it is. Cool. So, yeah, so obviously we're covering three Nazi exploitation films today. Mm-hmm. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to cover them in a slightly different way than we normally do. Um, so the first film we're going to cover is by no means the best one of these films. Definitely by no means. No, not at all. But it is interestingly... Is the best one? Well, we're going to go into that. Um, it's actually the first example, I think, of this kind of pure exploitation mm -hmm. Nazi film, which is Love Camp 7, or alternatively, Nazi Love Camp 7, quite... No, weird. Not to confuse it with yeah. other love camps. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I don't know. Cabbage love camp seven, yeah. for example. Magic uh, number seven. <laughs> it's directed by Lee Frost, who is known as R. L. Frost in the titles of this film. Um, he's a sort of American exploitation director. Most famous film he's directed a film, a very notoriously bad film. There's a shock called The Thing with Two Heads. Oh, cool. Starring I've never seen that. Ray Milland, Oscar winner. Ray Milland as a racist who is forced to uh, his, have his head transplanted onto the body of a black man. I gave it away as a prize on a for real <laughs> <laughs> That surprise <Yeah>. me. <laughs> oh dear. I think it won um, the uh, Golden uh, Turkey, or yeah, Golden Turkey Award uh, for Best or Worst Two-Headed Film. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole subgenre dedicated yes. to just things with two heads. Great. <laughs> Love yes. it. Um, but yes, he is. I think it's also, I suppose, this film as well is probably quite well known of his as well. And uh, Rio's going to give us the synopsis as she knows. I am does. indeed. It's a 1969 film, and the synopsis is two female army agents go undercover at a Nazi prison camp to get information from a scientist being held there. Pretty basic. Yeah, <laughs> that's very basic, although. Interestingly, because like, I do go give a quick sort of spoiler to everyone who's kind of listening, like we all watch these films together, which is the best way to watch uh, Nazi video nasties <laughs> in a group. It's pretty intense. Laughing at them because they're all hilarious. Um, basically, um, we kind of got bored of this film about halfway through and we weren't <laughs> sure if like the story actually did play out. But having seen the film a second time, because I am that much of a glutton for punishment, um, I can confirm in fact the story did in fact play out. Excellent. So um, you do get it does get lost yes. at some point, doesn't it? The, the story of well, yes. are they going to find the scientist? Yeah, are they even looking for her? Yes, <laughs> um, because what I would say about this film is that it's incredibly boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got to love the Queen's English dub that they've put over this, so, <laughs> and it's uh, set in London, the present. Yeah, and it starts <laughs> and it says it's based on actual facts which all of these films say but cannot actually if a film say says that, that it generally means that it isn't doesn't it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no although what I was going to say and this kind of happens about halfway through is that because you've got this voiceover going all over it I think they were going for like almost like a faux documentary style where you've got mm. a, a, I don't know because you've got this woman's love camp basically and all these supposed SS officers turn up to have sex with the women. Mm. Now, were they actual... I feel like I'm being such an idiot asking this because I've been worked by this film, but are these actual SS officers or are they just making this up? Like this Nazi head of, I don't know, this department or whatever. I mean, are they actually... Are they, people the people in the film, are they purporting to be actual high-ranking I don't know but I'm, I wouldn't have bet now no I mean okay. I don't know much this guy has gone into the, the director has gone into that much effort <laughs> with this film it doesn't feel like he has no <laughs> no I mean I would say that I mean I mean trying to split this into good and bad is quite difficult because mm -hmm. there's a lot more bad than good um, the film this closest reminded me of in terms of style is Blood Feast 
Yes, yeah. definitely. It's From... got to be the, the time that it was shot and the style it was shot as well. Yeah, the sort of really 60s exploitation style. I think they all must look like this. It's got very <laughs> similar opening credits it as well. It does as well. With it's that like, kind of fake pouring of blood. Which yeah, red blood paint. Gets pour- it's which is so misleading because you think, oh, it's going to be really gory because they're opening with all this blood. Loads of blood. <laughs> Not really at all, you know. <laughs> For a genre that's famed for its its torture, there's hardly anything really that happens in this film. You know, <laughs> plus the quality is not great. There are black frames throughout. There's terrible editing, shaky cam all over the place. <laughs> yeah, uh, you get the idea if you've uh, seen Blood Feast before. <laughs> Yeah, really awful set design. Like, the sets are just the laziest sets I've ever seen in my life. I think literally all they did was just they hung up, like, a a swastika. And every so often in the room, there'd just be red curtains. All you need is a large swastika flag to make a film like this. Well, I was going to say, one of the themes that will happen in all these films is... If you just hang up a massive swastika flag in a room, it, it straight away becomes an office. Yeah, it has <laughs> to be an office with a desk and a very official-looking leather chair. <laughs> the, the the massive flag thing, talking about historical accuracy, what annoys me <laughs> is whenever you watch any footage from like an actual Nazi piece of state propaganda or something, they didn't just like, you know, blue tack a flag to the wall. And it, it, they would have had like like a big portrait of Hitler or, or flags on a they flag. They a big portrait pole. of Hitler in this. A yeah, flagpole or something, you know, yeah. but just this, this this laziness, this kind of American History X style of, oh, we'll just stick a flag on the wall. <laughs> I don't buy it. I it's mean, I know there's more to things disguise to disguise a room that does not look like a film set, basically. Well, it's funny with the curtains. You never see the curtains open. No. <laughs> which makes me suspect there are no windows behind those curtains. <laughs> Probably not. No, horrendous. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of like um, when we saw Hellraiser Revelation. Um, one of the things I said about that is it feels like they only filmed in two locations, and like if they needed a room to be, I don't know, a rave, it would be the same place as it would be for like a hotel. Yeah, I do suspect. Just I do suspect that office is also the sleeping quarters, and yes. they just put the beds in. And it may also be where like the Allied commanders are as well. Yeah, it does yeah. look very similar. <laughs> yeah, just redress the room. I mean, so you. Budget. Really, you pointed out that the beds are basic; they're bunk beds. And then when you go to another sleeping quarters, they've just taken the bunk beds apart yeah. to make it, and because you, you can you see where they the would have connected. Yeah. So just like, that's just you can't even get more beds. I suppose it's <laughs> being uh, being the very first, as you say, very first Nazi exploitation film. Later on, they'll get bigger budgets because they realise there's money in well, it. I, don't know I guess. About that. But <laughs> when we get to, you, I mean, you noticed when we were watching uh, the yes, three, okay. the quality's yeah. improving, even though they're still terrible. But um, this must have been really difficult to get off the ground as a film. Bear in mind, no Nazi exploitation films before this. But yeah. when you get to Ilse or something, they've realised there's money in this, so they there's yeah. money to make. At this stage, some guy's just gone. I got this idea for a film. Um, it's going to yeah. be like a, a sex camp, yeah. Yeah. and and I I don't imagine anyone gave him any money. It's weird <laughs> because this is like what twenty four years after the Second World War finished. Yeah. So literally, yeah. people must have been like, I don't know if no one ever had the idea of people wanting mm-hmm. to do it. I thought it's too soon. 
still. Yeah, or, mm-hmm. yeah it's weird Probably. why they waited that long to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like doing documentaries about Princess Diana. <laughs> you know, you have yeah. to wait a while. Yeah, you have wait. to wait a while, yeah. but somebody's going to cash in on that eventually. Mm-hmm. I've just noticed your shirt, actually, Tom. So you've actually got a sort of German War, World War yeah, style. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I'd wear something. <laughs> Thematic <laughs> for the show. For the show, yeah. yeah excellent work. Excellent work. <laughs> it. I've come with my best blonde hair and blue eyes, you know. Another thing about this film is that there's no music and it's very sterile sounding. I think we even watched this film like possibly on the maximum sound, like volume notch that we could get it on because the sound is so incredibly quiet due yeah. to the quality of this. So you can imagine that this film is not the most exciting. <laughs> what they lack in music, they make up for in saying the words Love Camp 7, yes. which yeah. the Commandant loves to say. <laughs> All the bloody time. Yeah. And didn't you mention that you could possibly turn this into a drinking game, Tom? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even when they first turn up, he's like, Welcome to Love Camp 7. You will be here at Love Camp 7. Please, well, like, please, in the officers at Love Camp 7. It's like, why does he keep saying Love Camp 7? We know what it is. Love Camp 7. <laughs> seven. It reminds me of um, the trailer for Phantasm and then the trailer, the joke trailer for Thanksgiving that you had in. Um, uh, grindhouse where they just kept saying like phantasm phantasm all the time <laughs> you've also got to love some of the really bad German accents uh, yes. of our Nazi friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah the commandant is the only good thing in this film or one of anyway yeah because yes he's talking in this German accent there's a love camp seven <laughs> but he can't pronounce his R's so yes he'll come out with well concerned or participate uh, in after things. your twip <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh dear so it's like it's a bunch of Americans trying to do a German accent Americans uh, from low to, low yeah yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's very low low yeah. in terms of the accents <laughs> yeah and um, the Heil Hitlers are a bit hit and miss in <laughs> all of these films like delivery not sure it's realistic um how many times that they say it, I'm not sure how realistic that is, mm-hmm. or the actual moments that they do choose to say Heil Hitler. Not really that convincing. It's very much paying lip service to the idea of it being a war film, because we, we were saying at the time that it, it kind of, you said like it's trying to be a documentary, or mm. is it trying to be a documentary? And sometimes it's trying to present itself as, yeah, this is a war movie, this is, this is historically accurate, and then you're just going, uh, uh. Well, they were love camps, weren't they? Oh, yeah. yeah, The term Joy Division. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, okay. Um, Lots of things not to like about the film. So, um, as I mentioned, it's very boring, but that's twofold. uh, So, what you've got is you've got a very, very thin story. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you've got these women going into this camp trying to find a woman. They find her, and then at the end they escape with her, and that's it. There isn't really a lot else there. Despite the fact that they are, we're told, they've been <clears throat> trained as experts in, in fighting, like, martial arts. There is one example of <laughs> martial arts in the film, but it's literally for a split second. Oh, and that's it. That's the sum total of the use of martial and arts And then they get trained film. in, like, some kind of expert memory um, yeah. capacity that they don't really use, or do yeah. they use they, it the One of the women does get to use it. So, <laughs> spoilers for Love Camp Severin, everybody, and any of you 
gagging to see this, but basically um, the woman they're trying to locate has been taken to like solitary confinement. So one of the these American women going undercover basically gets herself put in solitary confinement, gets the trust of this woman, and then gets her to tell her like this secret that she wants to find, then she'll memorise it. Mm. And that's it. And that's the only mention of her really in the whole film. Oh, I know. Of course, they, they tell them all sorts of things like hilarious quotes that I've written down. To please will be your only function. You will be whoers for the Third Reich. Oh, yeah, the whoers. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. also told that it'd be almost a holiday. <laughs> Which I'm not too sure about. The commandant is obsessed with talking to them about stuff. Yeah. Like he's always calling them in the office to talk to them about stuff. It's <laughs> just a lot of talking, up. yeah. Like, <laughs> lining them up, getting them to explaining things to them. Mm-hmm. Just for long they, periods of time. Mansplaining. Mansplaining. <laughs> mansplaining. Yeah, because one of the weird things in this Nats is mansplaining. Mansplaining. Mansplaining, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Not explaining. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Not explaining instead of mansplaining. Again. Reoffend inventor of the term ape rope. Um, Jesus. Rapes again. Yes. Um, so, in terms of other things that I did like, it's boring in terms of that, in terms of lack of plot, but scenes go on for way too long Yeah. as well. And there's this annoying habit in the editing room where someone will be talking and instead of the camera being on the person who's talking it will be on someone else in the room yeah yes. just looking at their face the whole time because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that is a good way to build up tension isn't it yeah, rather than show the person yeah. talking they show the person listening yeah one of the that... things i've learned about these camps is that if you get taken into one you have to expect to be sprayed with cold water naked as soon as you arrive yeah not sure why, but that always happens. I mean, this is this is the truth about these films, is that they are proper exploitation films. That's what I mean about this being the deep end of, like, trashy cinema. It's for the sake so, of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's it's got its historically accurate aspect to it, but they're being love camps. But that's not what this film is trying to do. This yeah. film is like, right, let's get some women naked and spray them with a hose. And yeah. then they usually that's do... What, that's what the audience is paying for, you yeah. know. And yeah. then they usually do a quote-unquote physical examination yeah. in the lower regions, which usually involves them having legs akimbo whilst mm. they do yes. something down there, yeah. so... <laughs> Yeah, although uh, when you say talk about them being sprayed water, one of the funniest things that happens in this film is um, the the uh, Nazi officers are spraying these women with cold water, which you wouldn't think be that much of an indignity. It's only water, guys. Let's face it. Yeah. But they have a, a, an Alsatian with them, and the Alsatian, I think, what is supposed to be they're supposed to, the Alsatian is supposed to be scaring the women by barking at them, but it seems more interested in playing with the water, yeah. sort of <laughs> jumping at the hose. It looks very friendly. It looks very friendly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. these are definitely one take films. They're like, I'm not doing that again. Just, just. Uh, now, uh, as this is the first one, there are certain um, cliches, shall we say, yes. that these type of films seem to have kind of going forward from this one. And one of them, and this film is a very good example of it, is the friendly Nazi officer. A friendly Nazi. Yes. They weren't all bad. The, the, na- <laughs> the Nazi with a heartsy. The Nazi with a heartsy, yay! <laughs> Who uh, in this film is Sergeant Gotthard, 
Oh, um, I, I love that you've even bothered to like look into the names wow. of these characters. Yeah. Is it actually supposed to sound like got Sergeant Gotthard? Sergeant Gotthard. Nazi with a heart scene. Yeah. Oh, Who's the most him. American Nazi I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> yeah. Not since Tom Cruise and Valkyrie have we seen that American a Nazi. Yeah, very American. Yeah, so he's the one who he'll rape a woman, but he'll kind of tell her, well, it's going to be all right. Okay, so don't you don't really have to do this. Do this. You don't, yeah, exactly. I don't really want to rape you, but I'm still going to rape you anyway. I think from a story point of view, just just like in terms of, right, you're making a film about a woman stuck in a camp. I think they, the reason why they have this stereotypical good Nazi character is because otherwise it's very difficult for them to get out of the camp. <laughs> so what this character tends to be in all these films is he helps them escape. And if that character wasn't there... It'd be very difficult for them to get out of the camp. Camps are designed yeah. to be, you can't escape unless somebody helps you escape. Yeah, well, they need help from A, a man, and yeah. B, somebody with inside information, which is usually yeah. a man in this situation. Yeah. So. yeah. Although, interestingly, but, he doesn't actually help them escape. One of the women tries no. to get him to, con- you know, to, to help mm-hmm. them escape and he just said well I'm a soldier which he says about 800 times in the scene. I'm a soldier I just have to follow orders and yeah he won't help her mm-hmm. so not really that good if he won't help them escape not, so, not this one clearly no. not mm-hmm. um, I normally do this at the end but I thought this would be quite an interesting discussion sort of at this point so okay. Tom as you've not appeared in one of our lovely video nasty shows okay. normally uh, myself and Ria we discuss whether in fact the film should or should not have been a video nasty mm-hmm. so I'm going to ask Ria first Ria should this film have been a video nasty mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah I think um, there's a lot of kind of themes in this that could offend um the type of nudity like you said it is very boring it's not all that extreme but i'm gonna say yes right i'm gonna say no Mm -hmm. because it's really boring and yes you have a lot of nudity which is Mm -hmm. fair enough but compared to because i've watched a few of these types of films for this show and this is actually quite tame in comparison to a lot of the others. Yeah. And like with a lot of the others, yeah, it's Nazis, but it could literally just be a normal prison. There's no reason why it has to be Nazis. It's very so, yeah. hard when there's um, rape going throughout a film to make these decisions because it's, it's, sometimes it's portrayed more harshly than other films. But I'm going to say yes. I mean, how would you see this? I The thing is with this... I mean, I can see both points. I would be tempted to say no, not because it's not controversial and shocking that has scenes of rape, but there are so many other films that have those things as well and mm. didn't make it onto the list. I was surprised that Ilsa wasn't on the list. Ilsa yeah. is far worse than mm. this. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I, I'm going to say no. It shouldn't be. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I don't know if anyone. I mean, you, you and your research for nasties mm. know how they, how the board, the BBFC or whoever come to make their decisions like what 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 was it about this particular film that was more controversial than Ilsa I, think, I can't think of anything uh, that this know. film did that was again worse. I'm sure Ilsa wasn't even a section free video nasty so it was never even like you know it wasn't on any kind of list from the only thing I can think stuff. of is and I think I said this before when we were watching the films sometimes a film is banned for so long that they just never get round to like unbanning it, and or it, or they it just 
I'm sure, sure nobody cares like, a clamour to like re-release. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no <laughs> massive demand for for the film to be uncensored. Nobody cares about it. Nobody's heard about it. It's just sitting on a shelf yeah. in, at the BBFC until somebody remembers it. So maybe it was like banned in the '60s, and then by the time you got to the video Nazis period, it was just added on in addition. Or I literally yeah. think it's because it was one of the first ones, and I think if it's Nazi and exploitation mm-hmm. film with rape in it, they're totally just going to put it on the list even without watching it straight mm-hmm. off the bat. Ilsa may have been overlooked because it is actually worse, but the title maybe doesn't lend itself as much as Love Camp 7. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, with Ilsa's title, She-Wolf of the SS, they might be more likely to think that that's like horror or like yeah. wolf-themed. Whereas with this one, <laughs> I feel like this is the first one, you know, this is like controversial because it is literally the, about the And it cat. could just be something as simple as a particular scene because I, 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 I was saying to Greg before the show um, I, I watched this panel once and it was the director of Cannibal Holocaust a member of the BBFC and a couple of film academics all discussing censorship and how it works mm-hmm. and the guy from the BBFC was saying you know, like, it's not as simple as a checklist mm-hmm. like um, I don't know like rape check murder check you know <laughs> paedophilia yeah. check ban the film it's it's like it might just be something as simple as one scene. Like there's one scene in this. Mm-hmm. Um, the only well, I was going to say the only bit of torture, but the graphic torture. You know, the woman. I forget what it's called, but it's like this medieval form of torture where you mm-hmm. kind of have somebody almost sitting on either uh, a spike or the wood, or a, like a wooden a wooden yeah. like bench thing that she has to sit on, and then yeah, it's like a wooden yeah, sort of pyramid shape. A wooden yeah. pyramid shape, and then she kind of like. As a result, her genitals are getting sort of mutilated. Yeah. Maybe something like genital mutilation, yeah. you're on the list. You uh, yeah, I agree. And then it doesn't matter that the rest of the film is boring. Simply <laughs> by having that one that. scene in it, you know, because often the BBFC will tight. say to a director, if you take that scene out, we'll allow the film. Yeah. So yeah. It, might, it might be something as simple as that. That was quite a shocking scene that I haven't seen elsewhere, so mm-hmm. I, I would, I think that yeah. is the thing that's pushed it. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think from what I've seen in documentaries and stuff, I think the reason this film was banned <laughs> was that the purpose of the film is solely to titillate and it's for people to get yes. titillated by the idea of women being sort of, you know, tortured, tortured and yeah. raped and things yeah, like that. Yeah, because I suppose the, the sort of Mary Whitehouse brigade back then was, if a film, yeah, is designed to sexually turn you on through torture, then it, that's in itself their reason. There is a scene in this. It's, possibly the worst scene in the film where it's the two women having sex one of whom sort of consensually in inverted commas with like the sergeant got heart mm-hmm. um, and the scene goes on for i shit you not about five minutes it just goes <sighs> yeah. on and yeah. on and Dragged on out. it's like i get the idea <laughs> it's like i get the point move on please like yeah. it's so stupid yeah oh dear um so, yeah, so we've established it's not a very interesting film. In terms of deaths, we thought there were going to be no deaths in the film. Yeah, and it they took were, a while, didn't yeah. they? It did take a while for there to be deaths. Um, the last 20 minutes. Yeah. And then we have nine, which we're not going to go through blow by blow, but <laughs> yeah, we did count nine, which is not that many in terms of uh, no. what else we've seen. It's basically, they all happen in the last sort of 10 minutes ten of the minutes. film. There was they? a lot of shooting. One of the highlights for me was um, a corkscrew to the neck of one of the officers, so that's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. If, if you had to list the highlights of this film, it's like, yeah, when yeah, there's awesome, there's an awesome death. Mm. There was a Nazi getting killed as well, so you're, Spielberg said you're allowed to kill Nazis. Yeah. Like, when he was making the Indiana Jones films, he was like, <laughs> you can kill as many Nazis as you want. 
because everyone hates the Nazis. Yeah, so this Nazi, when he gets a, a corkscrew to the neck, you know, yeah. you cheer. You're like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apart from that, it really isn't a very interesting film. There are a couple of unintentionally funny bits that I found. There was one line that I loved, which is uh, about 20 minutes in. It's from the Commandant. And it's like, I understand your father is in the haberdashery business oh, in yeah. Dusseldorf. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this, this Commandant is obsessed with talking to them. <laughs> All the time. He, and he yeah. basically now explains everything with a riding crop in his hand and he does very little else. <laughs> I understand your father works in a haberdashery. He's like, why are we talking? Why are we making small talk? It's not a barber shop. Why? <laughs> yeah, he's quite an interesting character in a way because um, halfway through the film, a general turns up and says, yeah, we kind of want you to do something else now. It's like, but I like being here. I, I'd like to stay here. That is... Doing very important work for the Fuhrer. Yeah, we, you are doing very important work. All the time that he brings the girls into the office and talks to them, I am just thinking, is he... He doesn't seem like he's running a camp. It doesn't seem like he's working at all. He does like a lot of never... sitting in Chesterfields, basically. Yes. And the amazing death. Don't forget the amazing death, but the drawers are facing outwards oh, God. rather than yes. towards him. Yeah. Because they clearly had a nice desk and wanted to show it off. So yeah, it's... I know. I mean, why would you have the drawers facing you so you can put, like, secret documents in there? <laughs> it's just, and... yeah. Yeah. Who knows? And it, in terms of, you mentioned um, the cliches, like the good Nazi. Yes. The reason why you have these massive death counts at the end is because another cliche is often there's a big, everyone busts out of the camp at the end of the yeah. film. And kills all the guards or resistance fighters, free everyone from the camp. That's another cliche. So basically, there is a mini, like, mini war film that happens at the end of these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Normally, there's, like you say, there's a plot because all the prisoners want to escape. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, so you'll be very, very disappointed to hear, I'm sure, that um, <laughs> this film is not currently available on DVD in the UK. What a shock. No, no. Although you actually own this on DVD, don't you, Tom? Yeah, I did get wow. off the internet and it's clearly, some guys <laughs> clearly just downloaded it on a disc and, <laughs> oh. and printed off a, like, a, a poster thing and stuck on a DVD cover. Nice work, that guy. But, uh, yeah, well done him. <laughs> actually says on IMDB um, as well underneath the actual film title in brackets it says banned <laughs> it does yes yeah. full on banned mm. um, so that's Love Camp 7 or Love Camp 7, seven. Um, now after this uh, we had a re- release of Ilsa Shield for the SS mm-hmm. which interestingly not video nasty not even banned yeah. or anything like that and people took great great sort of delight in sort of ripping this off which Mm -hmm. as the Italians are known to do Mm -hmm. they always rip these films off and uh, one of the main kind of rip offs or at least probably the most well known Nazi exploitation film is SS Experiment Camp Mm -hmm. or SS Experiment Love Camp (laughs) key difference there or interestingly Captive Women 2 Orgies of the Damned <laughs> Make of that what you will. It's directed by Sergio Garoni, who made another Nazi exploitation mm-hmm. film at the same time as this called SS Camp 5 Women's Hell, which is arguably worse than this and features actual footage from concentration camps. Yeah. Very, very, very sleazy, very, very bad taste, Mr. Garoni. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Rhea. Yeah, I mean, we're going uh, further along here. It's 1976 by this point, and the synopsis is, Near the end of World War II, prisoners of war are used in experiments to perfect the Aryan race. Very basic synopsis again. (laughs) Pretty much the same as the first one. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Tends to be all of them, a bunch of women in a prison. We're doing stuff just for the Fuhrer, just to, you know, test stuff for the Aryan race. A little side note. Um... 
something you've noticed with a lot of these films is they they have either very similar they all have very similar sounding titles. Yeah. So like Love Camp Seven, SS Experiment Camp, like Experiment Camp Seven. Yeah. They're all ca- and then as you and then the alternative title was always something batshit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you should have just gone with the alternative title. It's much more interesting. Well, they have two options. They had uh, it. It is uh, what it says on the tin option, which is now <laughs> explaining it to the masses, yeah. so you know exactly what to expect. And then the creative version of the title, which they sort of played with the idea of, <laughs> and then went with the you know now explained version for the masses. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, the interesting thing about this film compared to Ilsa is, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Now, in Ilsa, she's carrying out experiments, but there's a reason why she's carrying out yeah. the experiments, as I'm sure you will explain. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, Ilsa at least has the basic premise. She's trying to prove that uh, women can tolerate more pain than men and therefore make better soldiers, because mm-hmm. the German army doesn't have soldiers. Uh, female soldiers, sorry. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense absolutely. as a military experiment. It makes sense. Yeah. And like I said, it plays into the historical fact that the Nazis were doing different experiments on people to try and perfect soldiering. Yeah. You know? So you know, it has its basis. This, this on the other hand, yeah. It. What so these weird experiments <laughs> that involve women's ovaries being cut out possibly to be transplanted in other women. And, it, and even that, it takes a while to get round. I don't even think they explain that until about halfway through the film. And you're just going, what exactly are yeah. they trying to prove or, or do? Yeah, very yeah. confusing. It's mainly confusing. For, for the sake of it, I think. Yeah, or people having sex in, like, a hot tub. Yeah. Yeah, so let's say that they are... Let, let's say that the premise is... They're trying to uh, do ovary transplants for, I don't know, people who can't have kids or something. That's what they're trying to do. It still doesn't explain why you have something where you can put people in either boiling water or freezing water. I don't understand what that is. What that contributes to the ovary transplant. Mm. I I don't understand why they need to do that for breeding if they've got plenty of women who can capably have children anyway. Wouldn't it just be a selection based on their genetics or their looks? Not how their ovaries function, because I mean, you assume <laughs> that most people have functioning ovaries, and people who don't are in the minority. So and if you take ovaries you... out one, functioning ovaries out of one person and put them in another person, you still end up with one person without functioning ovaries. Yeah, so it makes you no just move sense. them across. My, my first thoughts on their sort of motivation to do these things was: was it kind of one of those things for like soldiers' morale, where they just have women on tap for them to have sex with while they're breeding them but they really sort of go yeah they sort of go that stage further and make it about experimenting with how they get pregnant or conceive or how they breed and it just makes no sense whatsoever so (laughs) yeah you would think these women if they're being used to prove this would be kept in some kind of isolation but then at the same time they're also used it's like this experiment camp has a sideline as a brothel yeah. So yeah. it's like, well, surely you wouldn't want them yeah. to be exposed too much to a sexual environment if you're trying to keep them. You know, someone yeah. just had surgery; they got arrested and stuff. But yeah. no, not in this camp. Yeah. No. And what's all the kind of sort of the orgy sort of public sex thing about? I mean, is that part of the experiment? I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah, is it proven that the ovaries work? Yeah. yeah. I don't really <laughs> understand. I don't know. What's the mentally. hypothesis of this experiment? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand <laughs> mentally what that's doing to people in there as well. Everybody just having sex in one room—it's just a yeah. bit, yeah. 
No one seems that distressed by anything in this <laughs> film either, even though it is quite a no. distressing environment. That's what I was going to say, is compared to other films, the women in this don't seem to mind yeah. that they uh, yeah. have having all these things done to them. Some of them actually seem to quite like it. Yeah. And that might be another reason why it got made as an uh, as a put on the bad list, <laughs> as you say, because if you if you're implying that people are enjoying their sexual assaults, the BBFC is going to be like, no way, yeah, no way. You can't say like you know the victims are enjoying themselves. No way. Yeah, yeah nobody seems distressed. <laughs> yeah. So um, overall, I would say that this is another very boring film, mm-hmm. incredibly boring, incredibly tedious. Um, although there are moments of unintentional hilarity in it. <laughs> so, for example, I did like that this film has a giant oven where yeah. the Nazis seem to sort of dispose of their dead bodies. Very surprising, quite amusing. <laughs> Featuring whenever they sort of turn the oven on, the bodies just start twitching, like they're having an epileptic fit or something like that. I yeah, was... I, think I think it's their attempt to be serious for a moment, but when you have that... Because, you know, it's serious, you know people being put on this is very serious but when you juxtapose what's the word juxtapose juxtapose that with some of these stupid sex scenes and experiment scenes you end up just making the whole thing look absurd you know you can't have your cake and eat it it's like a very uber ball moment of going right we're going to do something stupid and then something very serious and so well I can't take the serious thing seriously yeah. <laughs> this whole thing is just yeah. funny. A joke, yeah. And then true to the theme of the last film, you've got another office with a massive swastika flag behind the desk again. <laughs> and you've got one um, SS leading male with one black glove on one hand. I love this guy. Glove. Yeah, this guy is brilliant. Him. He's one of my favourite yeah. cinema artists. He's Colonel von Kleiben. <laughs> Let's talk about this glove because <laughs> I love this glove. So... He's, he's got he's got the glove on on one hand, people, at all times, and I literally mean at all times because there's a scene when he's in bed and he's naked. I mean, presumably from the waist down as well, but he's, he's in bed so he can't see. But he still has his glove on. Yeah. <laughs> now I can let's say that he's a soldier and he's he's lost a few fingers or he's burned his hands and that's why he wears the glove. Fine, but when you're in bed in your on your own. You, no one's going to see you. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the idea that he wears this glove to bed all the time, yeah. I just, I, just, I he's love just, it. He's just, he's keeping in character. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he has his massive Nazi flag over his bed. Now, I know the Nazis love their swastika, but it's just like, seriously? Yeah. Like, everywhere. <laughs> and um, the post-surgery um, sort of scene, I love one of the quotes, like something that he says is, I feel we should get better acquainted, don't you? <laughs> oh yeah, the greatest chap line ever. Yeah, <laughs> I need to use that one. Sure. <laughs> um, there, now, Tom, there was something about this film that really bothered you, didn't it? Oh yeah, my favourite cinema Nazi guy. He okay. You talked about the other film with the Zig Hales and and stuff. This guy, <laughs> this guy says Zig Hale to like everyone, and nobody says it back to him. <laughs> So who walk into a room and go, Hell Hitler? And then everyone be like, so we've been doing the experiment today. And what we've realised... And then the next scene, he'll like, walk into, I don't know, the, um, walk up to a guard and go, Hell Hitler. And the guard's like, the prisoners are ready to... I'm like, why is nobody staying the whole way back? Have you ever, and basically, it's, it's very much like trying to give a high five and mm. not receiving it back. And, and you're just left, left hanging. hanging. <laughs> this guy was left hanging with his Zig Hales. I think only one person said Zig Hale back yeah. out of like 20 times. No, I think, so <laughs> I think it's you so said that in real life they had to do it back, Yeah, um, it, it got made into German law at the time that um, it, it, it officially replaced mm. Hello. You had to use it. And if somebody Zig Hale was you, you had to Zig Hale back. Yeah. And if not, you could get reported. 
Yeah. And the Gestapo would deal with you. I mean, so, it's like when you're at high school and you had to stand up when a teacher came into yeah. the room or you had to respond to somebody of authority. You know, it, the headmaster said good morning, you had to respond yeah. back. It's like going against And this guy runs the it. camp, so he is the, the highest ranking officer there, presumably. And nobody's hailing him back. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> you're going to get in some serious trouble. You're going to get in a lot of trouble. There's also a lot of flies in these films that they did not edit <laughs> out, which happened to become the stars of the film. They the fly was the star of the film. Credits in and it was only like one fly. I mean, I'm assuming it was only one fly, <laughs> but um, in every scene, they were just like, and it would go like their head. Yeah, and just, I was like, just do a second there. take. These films, you do not get a second take. If there's a fly in the scene, <laughs> the fly's in the scene now. Yeah, and imagine <laughs> like if you were that actor or actress, a fly bloody lands on you, like, oh, can I not do this again? <laughs> no, no, that's you've done your take now. And uh, our friend with the glove, I, th- I think he's played a Nazi in a couple of these yeah. types of films. I definitely recognise him in other he's films. He's in Garoni's other. Yeah. film as well mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah in this film he happens to get some new balls from somebody else which is much like these ovary transplants that we had and it's just like oh, that's weird. the twist isn't it yeah. that's the twist yes. of the story you think got his balls bitten off oh god that's actually a really good scene when they show the <laughs> I'm guessing it's a prostitute or maybe he's trying maybe. to force himself on a f- I think like he was just trying to force himself on someone. And her revenge is to bite his balls off but they show like the flesh and blood mm-hmm. hanging out of the teeth which is a very good shot well, he yeah. looks scared me a little bit, you know. <laughs> Maybe it's just a thing about men's parts being bitten off. No guy wants to see that. But. Well, then they kind of insinuate that the guy whose testicles he has as his own replacement, who he sort of uh, yeah. convinces him to helmet, hand over. <laughs> helmet, how ironic. And, um, yeah, they sort of say that after this guy's had his removed that he now can no longer make love to... Which is hilarious, because that scene, he just... He, he, so, this is the thing that... One of my favourite things about this film, of which there are not that many, is he agrees to a physical experiment. He doesn't ask what the experiment <laughs> yeah. is. He just slows, yeah, sure, sure, uh, Colonel, I'll, yeah, sure, I'll do this. I'll, I'll get involved in this experiment for you. He gets his balls taken off. He doesn't realise straight away yeah. that he has How no balls. How do you not realise that you have no balls? I mean, it must sting a little after surgery, you know. <laughs> which leads to a very melodramatic scene where him and his lady prisoner... Which is, yeah. Because he, let's put this into context, he is the good Nazi of this film. He's a good Nazi. He's having a relationship with one of the um, prisoners slash patients. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, he suddenly realizes, I can't make love to you anymore. Yeah. Yeah, He only notices he has no balls. When, they go. when they're going to make love. And then he's suddenly like, oh, something's missing. Mid-fucking. <laughs> they yes. also appear to remove his testicles through his abdomen in the surgery scene, which is yeah. crazy. It looks like, he, yeah. yeah. It's like they're already on the outside. Yeah, why, <laughs> why are you going <laughs> They're on the outside there? of the body. Yeah. Why are you going <laughs> through there? Yeah. 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 Which does obviously lead to the most uh, awesome line in the whole film, <laughs> which uh, is, how have you been doing with my balls? <laughs> Busts in on the uh, commandant or whatever, yeah. and it's like, "What have you been doing with my balls?" Just <laughs> <laughs> great. Although I don't want to spoil this because I okay. check this. So the version that I watched, yeah. it's in English and Italian. Now the Italian dub, interestingly, the line is, "I've been looking for you, Colonel." Okay. So maybe in Italian that's what they said, and whoever did the English dub had a bit of a laugh. As <laughs> fun, have you been doing with my balls? You made me into a freak, you bastard. <laughs> what yeah. is what is quite interesting is is uh, 
you know, we were spending forever trying to figure out what is the point of these experiments. And then they finally explained that the point of the experiments is... But why does he need the women? Is, is to move ovaries. And then it's like, well, no, that's not the real reason. The real reason is because this guy has no balls and he's going to... He, he's trying he to figure out a way of transplanting balls. And it's just like... <laughs> So what the fuck was the point of any of this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's it's absolutely so hilarious, that scene where they realise he's had his balls removed and he goes, oh, I can't make love to you anymore. And she just sort of recoils in horror when he realises this and she goes, uh, it happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it happens sometimes. They're like, no, it doesn't. No. It doesn't happen sometimes. And I think when he does it, and he has a little melodramatic moment, isn't like a cross behind like a crucifix on the wall. So it's like, I don't know if he's trying to be, oh, like, clever, but it's just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. So I did do the death count with Greg's help, um, and there are 25 in this, we agreed. <laughs> it was quite difficult to sort of pinpoint. There, but... There's a lot of deaths. Again, especially near the end, this is another film where most of the deaths all seem to happen near the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this seems to be a common theme in these now exploitation films, is that there's a lot of that action right towards the end. But I did quite like, at the beginning of the film, I use the term like loosely, it amused me that they sort of kill people in different ways, these women that they're experimenting on towards the beginning of the Mm. film, and then they dramatically throw them in the oven. It's just so, like, (laughs) surprising. Yeah, because there was a... Throughout the film, it kind of follows the theme of some kind of bizarre creative death. So, yeah, the woman gets first boiled and then frozen, and then you get the woman with the... Air pressure. Air pressure. Yeah. Mm. And, that, and that kind of makes sense, because they did, going back to a bit of history, they mm. did actually do pressure tests on people in, in these camps uh, yeah. to help with the air, air force, you know, just how much air pressure can the human body withstand. So that kind of made some sort of sense. Yeah. Not in the sense of strapping her down and sticking something in her ear. That was yeah. just like... One. Um, but well, they would put them in a chamber, right? Yeah, in a little compression yeah. chamber. Um that, that's something they actually did. So, and then throughout this film, you, so you have the beginning of these creative deaths mm. that be, will become a theme throughout the genre. And then throughout this film, you go, if somebody dies, you see the, the long walk to the oven, then they get put in the oven. Yeah. So when everyone dies at the end, that comes as a massive shock. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're not expecting any of that. But... Yeah. Oh, dear. And, yeah, any other notable deaths? Uh, I mean, there's the one, the most famous one, I suppose, is the woman in the tank who they turn the water up by switching the fakest-looking dial ever yeah, to the left. Like, oh, it's God. just like a stick that has been nailed to the wall, and they just move it left or right. Yeah, she <laughs> like gets... a shower. She gets frozen in the tub, and then she gets thrown in the oven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which um, is quite a good one. This has probably one of the most controversial posters. Yeah. Um, and it's taken from in the film. One of the women is hung upside down yeah, she's which punished. I suppose is she's, the most iconic day. yeah and it looks like basically an inverted cross I guess she's it's like a cannibal of, holocaust yeah. in reverse basically she's basically crucified upside down with the blood dripping down yeah. her legs and that, that as, a, as a poster is very like shocking who's the guy supposed to be on the poster though because I don't get who that guy is supposed to be the woman I know who that is well, who's the guy god knows, god knows. <laughs> it could be this is the world of exploitation <laughs> Greg nothing has they and sell you a lie they sell you a lie other posters of exploitation <laughs> films as well so he was obviously very popular exploitation <laughs> is full of like lies the film promises you one thing and delivers something totally different yeah <laughs> happens, it happened with a lot of horror films back then yeah where they used some methods to advertise mm-hmm. um, yeah much like like propaganda, I guess, you know. What's interesting is if, if someone's listening to the show, say, which I'm sure they will be, <laughs> um, yeah. and, and we're describing this film, away. it sounds 
like it's action packed. You know, there's people getting frozen, people getting boiled, people being crucified upside down. Balls transplanted. Balls transplanted, ovens, and it sounds like shocking and controversial and therefore fascinating, Mm. but it is another kind of boring one. Despite all this awesome stuff that happens, there's long droughts of nothing going on. And I think the reason for me why it feels more boring is because there's little to no music in this. And it's apart a, from the cheesy, apart from the cab racing, there is the, there is a scene which I guess is meant to be reminiscence of cabaret, but by and large, <laughs> it's a kind of it's it's almost like a lesson. You could show this to film students and go the power you know the power of music in films. This is what mm. happens when you don't put music in scenes, you know, yeah. to create atmosphere. It's just nothing. It feels boring, even though, as we said, lots of interesting stuff happens. It just feels boring because they haven't made the effort to make the atmosphere. Yeah, no, you know, this film is generally a lot of men in white shorts. Um, <laughs> yeah, loads of, of white shorts. A lot of bunk beds, bad dubbing, and there's some kind of like cocktail lab of different uh, oh, bubbling yeah, coloured liquids. Featuring, yes, my favourite. Reds of and greens. Lots of. Blue fluorescent coloured liquid for no reason. A sort of pop-up lab that they use in yeah. all these sorts of, not just these films, but anything that's a lazy sci-fi, lazy horror film. The lab is just a bunch of stuff that they never touch. Yeah, pure never white. Never use. Pure white lab. Lots of... Uh... Carpeted lab as well, don't forget. Yeah. Like, you don't get carpeted labs ever. <laughs> ever. It's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they've got that in this film. So. Yeah, the only thing... The, the, there is to say is there are some pretty awesome cheesy lines in this mm-hmm. so I do like uh, one of the soldiers says and it's like from all these beautiful women arriving I hope it's a secret mission of a sexual nature <laughs> yes mate <laughs> awesome <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah so yeah um, pretty boring film Although, interestingly, it is available on DVD and Blu-ray. So if you wanted to watch it in Blu-ray, it is available from 88 films. Uncut! Mm. So the BBFC clearly didn't have an issue with it, as neither <laughs> do I. Um, so I am going to say it's not a video nasty, again, purely because mm. it's too boring. And it's really not that... Ex- I mean, it is exploitative, don't get me wrong. Obviously, yeah. it's full of naked <laughs> women. Mm. But in comparison to the next film we're going to talk about... Mm. And indeed, in, compared to the previous film, it's still it's not that tasteless. Yeah. In comparison, so I could yeah, see I could see why no. this I could see why this would be a bit enough. Oh, yeah. The title alone, the stuff with yeah. people being put into the ovens and then seeing the bodies twitching in the fire—that's just in very bad taste. And I can yeah. I, I totally sympathise with this being put on it if just for that, you know. Yeah. If it is a couple of things, um, but most of it, most of it is either boring or, or funny. <laughs> yeah, agreed. It's too silly to be kind of banned, yeah. especially these days. So I'm going to say no, it's not a video. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so pretty silly one. Uh, not one to be taken seriously, similar to uh, the previous film, really. Just far, far too silly. Um, one to make you appreciate your balls. <laughs> Unless you're a woman, in which case, appreciate your ovaries. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so before we move on to our last film, around the same time that the uh, next film we're going to talk mm-hmm. about is released, obviously we, uh, we had The Beast in Heat, which myself and Maria talked about on the last show. Now, Tom, you weren't there as our Nazi exploitation <laughs> expert. Your quick thoughts on The Beast in Heat? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, so I started this show saying I love trashy films and I wanted to find the worst films. This, I would 
be tempted to say is the worst film ever. Potentially. Wow. Wow. Worst oh, ever. Ah, okay. I could I could totally oh, understand boy. I could totally it's understand the ghastly ones. I, well I could totally understand <laughs> the exactly. BBFC um putting this on the ban list. Um, yeah, totally. um I remember when I first saw it and all all the funny torture stuff that doesn't make any sense, people having their genitals electrocuted for no mm, reason and yeah. and the stuff of the guinea pigs is awesome. <laughs> guinea pig torture, um I'm, it's just hilarious. But the actual beast in heat himself, the kind of dwarf... Primal rape. Primal yeah. rape. I mean, there's there's nothing to get out of that other than just despair. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, all joking aside, that, that I do not like the beast in heat. That's I like great. to think of, my somebody, think of myself as somebody who's not easily shocked and, and can tolerate a lot, but the beast in heat, the, the primal rape stuff is just, nah. Yeah. It's just, you know... It's a bad choice, let's just yeah. say. <laughs> and... and I don't know, I mean, you get similar stuff in films like Cannibal Holocaust, but maybe it's the primal rape coupled with the fact that this is meant to be a concentration camp. It just pushes it too far. Mm. <laughs> too far. Yes. For um, me, anyway. Yeah, for my readers thoughts on that, please listen to our previous show, because <laughs> we talk about it in great depth. Yeah. Um, so all those films that we talked about are quite silly, let's face it. They're not meant to be taken seriously. Well, I suppose they were, but you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't take them seriously. It's impossible. Not so much for the last one we're going to talk about, uh, which is Gestapo's Last Orgy. Ooh. Interesting title there. Also known as Last Orgy of the Third Reich, which is the literal translation mm-hmm. from Italian. And my favourite alternative title of all time, Caligula Reincarnated as Hitler. You see, that's what I'm talking about. The alternative titles are always way better. It doesn't even make sense to call it Gestapo's Last Orgy, because none of them are in the Gestapo. No, well... There you go. <laughs> so this is another Italian Nazi exploitation film. It's directed by Cesare Cannavari, who has directed a giallo, which I have seen. It's called uh, The Hyena in the Safe. And it's actually quite good. Yeah. You've got uh, all the Italians for their just crazy titles yeah, of films. Yeah, very creative. <laughs> what is this film about? It kind of makes me want to watch it. It's a heist movie, actually. A heist movie uh, giallo. Uh, I am <laughs> um, doing some research on those, so I should see that. And what yes. a surprise, you've watched a giallo movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, very 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 true um now that movie is actually very well made and this movie compared to the other two we're talking about is very very well made as well yeah um so what's what's this one about what's this orgy with the gestapo slightly further along it's 1977 at this point and the basic plot is lisa cohen is taken to a special prisoner of war camp for female jews a camp run as a bordello to entertain german officers and troops going into battle by command Commandant Starker and his minion Alma. Starker becomes frustrated with Lisa and devises cruel experiments. Um, she begins to play along with him and she starts to live a better life, but she doesn't forget the atrocities she's seen and experienced. Now, interestingly, mm-hmm. um, the previous two films were maybe influenced either by women in prison movies. Yeah. Or they were really, really heavily inspired by Ilsa. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, they're purely, purely exploitation. Yeah. This one appears to have sort of higher kind of... It's going for something much more intellectual, yeah. I believe. So this one is pretty much for Night Porter, but way, way, way more exploitative. Yeah. Also, I thought there were bits that were very similar to Sarlo. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly yeah. the dinner scene that we're going to talk about a bit later on. So um, I strangely, although this is not a cheesy film at all, it's actually very, very hard film to watch, really. <laughs> not going to lie, considering yeah. what happens in it. But yeah. I 
kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally I, I, really I would say but... this, this or Ilsa are the best yeah. Yeah. Nazi exploitation. Best of a bad bunch, let's put it that way. Yes. This, this, this <laughs> is genuinely, um, maybe not a good film, but mm. the best Nazi exploitation, if not Ilsa is. One, it's one a lot other. more interestingly shot, so the camera actually moves. Yeah. <laughs> there's actual like, camera movement. And there's oh, actual gosh, production yeah. design. It's not just a room with curtains in it. Or and, a table. And dare I say it, character development. And, yeah, <laughs> wow. Like they've actually Actual character. done their homework of it and gone, let's try and make a movie. It's not really <laughs> about sort of the women in the concentration camp. It's about a woman who happens to be in the concentration camp. The other women, it's not even really about them. Yeah, it's very different it's from very other Nazi different. exploitation films. As you say, it's clearly inspired by the Night Porter. Um, I mean, the last film, SS Experiment Camp, seems to have elements of Sally and Kitty in. Yeah. Um, stuff to do with the gym sequence and stuff from Sally and Kitty. Mm-hmm. They kind of rip off. Mm-hmm. And this clearly, as you say, it's clearly like, taken the concept of the Night Porter. As an exploitation film, they've realised that what made people want to watch the Night Porter was the suggestion of an SM relationship, which is never really developed oh, in the Night God, Porter. Yes. It's, more to do, <laughs> it's more to do with, you know, the, the relationship post war. In yeah. the Night Porter. So this film, they've gone, right, we're going to take the thing that people liked about the Night Porter and <laughs> turn it up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely better dialogue in this film, I'll say that. It's yes. definitely much more interesting. Right. Um, some very, very fucked up stuff in this film. Some fucked up stuff. Uh, and just, yeah, batshit crazy movie. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, <sighs> we may as well kind of talk about it straight away because it, it's the reason, without a doubt, this film would have been banned. There is a sort of 10 minute long scene at a dinner table <laughs> with all the uh, you said they're not the Gestapo they're the, they're the SS aren't they well the SS is. run the camps so I mean yeah I'd say they're not the reason why I don't like the title is because I'm like the more SS than Gestapo and when you say the last orgy it makes it sound like it's going to be at the end wow. of the war I guess I'm just nitpicking in an area where yeah. it's not worth nitpicking um, let, let's say there are members of the Gestapo yeah let's there. just say, let's say that they it's are. all the Nazi chums all have the yeah. so there's a uh, discussion don't don't get angry at me I'm just saying what happens in this scene so basically what you have is you have a uh, I don't know if he's supposed to be a scientist or whatever the guy is but he's talking about it looks what like can... a blonde Goebbels it's yeah. like they've taken Goebbels and made him more of an Nazi yeah he, this is kind of where it becomes very similar to Sarlo to me is that you have this character talking about what, what do we do with the Jews like and it's very very much because in the other films they kind of they flirt with the idea that well they're Nazis so they don't like the Jews and mm. they're doing trying to exterminate the Jews but they don't really kind of go all the way with it. They don't go into Nazi ideology. They're just no. used, they're, as I said, they're just exploitation films yes. in a Nazi uniform. Just like exactly. Nazi zombies aren't really ideologically Nazis. They're just no. zombies in Nazi uniforms. Whereas this is full on like full on this is Nazi, full on Nazi yeah. race theory. Yeah, exactly. Full on Nazi race theory. What to do with the Jews? And the conclusion they come to is well, they should eat them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what they do. He gives a very long speech about like how we would do it and what part of the body you would use. So it's very disturbing. Um, I think really well done. Yeah. yeah. But then it gets... I'll let you carry well, on. <laughs> yeah. So basically they bring out this meal and it's a Jewish baby. Yeah. Basically, that they've cooked, which I'm not going to like, looked more like pork... I guess. Oh, yeah, it's not like a baby. It's no. like, like it's a, some kind <laughs> it's of a meat. stew. It's like a yeah. beef stew. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and so you've got all these uh, high-ranking sort of Nazi officers at this table, and the the commandant obviously is always the one who's going to eat first and be like, "Yeah, this is really good." Wow, man, man, starts eating the meal. Yeah. Uh, There's the good Nazi who won't participate in this. Got to have a good Nazi. Exactly. There has to be a good Nazi in all these. Yeah, Nazi with a heart. Who's like, this is fucked up. He's the only yeah. one who seems like legitimately shocked. Yeah. You mean we're eating a Jewish baby? <laughs> They're like, guys, this, even by our standards, this is this pretty, is pretty, fucked, this is pretty up. fucked up. And um, they have the, because the women in this are all Jewish. Which is the thing, they, mm. again, I think the way in SS Experiment Camp are supposed to be Jewish as well, but in the yeah. English dub, they don't really mention this. They don't yeah. come across as... No, yeah. whereas they are all definitely Jewish in this. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, they're all you know, forced to, you know, wait tables or whatever at this. And one of them faints. And so they have a great idea of stripping all her clothes off, because, hey, it's exploitation. You've got to yeah, take all these women's clothes off, cover her in the meat, and then cover in cognac and set her on fire on and the they, table. They, yeah. they, they produce this, like, metal bathtub yeah, they just happen to have. It's um, like a giant basting tray. Yeah, a giant basting tray. <laughs> for the table. Um, just the right size for her as well. <laughs> what's interesting is she's only fainted, right? They haven't killed her. No. She, you think, you she, think she, she would have woken up, up yeah. like, when she was set on fire, but apparently not. Yeah. Apparently not. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I can totally, totally see why this would be a video <laughs> not well. Yeah. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall. Uh, when the BBSC was watching this and oh just see them God, furiously yeah. making notes just yeah. like fucking no way are we letting this film out yeah it's slight yeah. deviation but um, there's a jello called the New York Ripper by Lucio Fulci oh, yeah, yeah. which is a very very hard to watch kind of jello it's very 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 violent and very nasty and apparently um, when the BBSC watched it it was four four people in them I think three of them were women the women all cried because it's that tough to watch and wow. so God knows what they would have thought of this and this is just one scene. There are yeah, tons of oh, stuff exactly. in this movie. Yeah, yeah. so, so I'm just going to get this out of the way because no point sort of hiding this. Yeah, I actually agree this should have been a video nasty. This definitely should have been a video nasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but agree. For this scene alone. To get I, that I mean, it's a very powerful scene. As you say, it's a bit like... Um, and it's not like cheesy, though. It's very, very sincere. Yeah, yeah, and there are definitely some very weird themes and ideas in this film, such as the... Uh, Panties made of the silkiest material, which are a gift, which are actually made of human hair. <laughs> and they then divulge that they use people or babies for making gloves. Babies. Baby skin gloves. Oh, baby skin gloves. That's the one. Yeah. And a human, they use a, a human male to make a lampshade because they don't want to waste his beautiful tattoo that's on his body. So they make that into a lampshade. They're, they're again, going into a little bit of history. When the Allies and the Russians were going into concentration camps, there were occasions where they found basically body parts that had been turned into lamp, like skin lampshades, um, famously the lampshades. They also would take tattooed skin and keep in like a frame. Yeah. You know, so be basically like leather, cowhide type, yeah. type thing, they would do that. So that's another reason why this is controversial. It's not just, oh, it's, you know, look, it's not like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing where it's like, oh, look, they've got this body body parts, uh, furniture that have body parts. Yeah. It's the fact that there is a historical basis for this yeah. and you're using it in an exploitation film. So if if you showed yeah. a documentary film or maybe a serious war film, let's say Valkyrie or something, <laughs> there was a scene where you see uh, a lampshade made out of skin. I'm sure that would have got banned. But in the context of this film, which it is a sexploitation film, to play around with, you know, 
baby yeah. skin gloves and, and hair knickers and, and a lampshade made out of tattooed skin. It's it's almost like, okay, guys, that is a little bit too too da- too far down the deep end for you to get away with that. And they kind of yeah. do it all in one go, don't they? There's yeah, like, he's just kind once. of giving her the tour of his, of his, all his f- fucked up shit that he has yeah. in his house. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah, I've got this lampshade, I've got these gloves, I've got these knickers. I do have to say though, and I know I shouldn't find it funny, but those knickers are hilarious. Oh, they're so funny. <laughs> they're they like furry so knickers. Funny. They're like um, something out of 10,000 BC. They're like caveman pants. Yeah, you could <laughs> never find that attractive or luxurious. And as I, I mean... I'm, I'm guessing I'm supposed to be watching it and being shocked by the lampshade and shocked by the baby gloves, the baby gloves for fuck's sake. But then... The when you see the knickers you just yeah. giggle because it's shocking. so silly and it's also going to be super uncomfortable as well really itchy I yeah, imagine really yeah. itchy also not only do they have a Goebbels look like but we do have death by gerbils in this film which look way too cute and are kind of compared to piranhas in the fact that they're kind of <laughs> somebody's lowered into this sort of nest of gerbils who are going to apparently eat her alive but yeah they far far too cute as you said you want to go oh <laughs> So, and Gerbils. so yeah, the, yeah, gerbils and gerbils. Um, the commandant is to put this into some context. So the commandant is trying to break, break her because at the meal, at this cannibal orgy, no emotion, fuck, fuck fest, um, she shows no emotion. So he's like, ah, oh, so you think you're tough? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break you because yeah. I'm, I got nothing else to do. He just so he does all these various things, and one of them is, of course, the gerbils. Um, very, a little bit, but a little bit similar to Beast and Heat with, with the <laughs> guinea pigs. Going, well, these these ravenous they, beasts are going yeah. to eat your face. They didn't paint them black this time. Let's go that way. <laughs> so he, they he just got what was available with the budget, you know, from yeah. the pet store, basically. <laughs> I mean, I imagine, I imagine it's not it would be, I imagine anyway. it would be a, a slow, a slow death, getting slowly nibbled, your face oh, yeah. nibbled off. But you know, I mean, wouldn't you be better off getting rats rather than gerbils? I mean, don't I don't know why they couldn't just get. Rats. I don't know so why they couldn't get rats. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, sorry, Karen. But no, um, there are a couple of silly things that happen in this film, in spite of how sort of serious it is. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in a gymnasium where you've got all these um, soldiers lined up naked. You can see everything. Oh, so yeah, that's not that's an SS experiment, and that's in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. similar to a scene in uh, Salon Kitty. Yeah. Um, that's a first, really. It's very rare that you get that in these kind of films. Yeah, you don't see penis that much. No, <laughs> a lot of dick in these sort of films. Yeah, we said at the time when we watched it together, it made up the lack of dick very quickly by showing you a line of dicks oh, <laughs> like straight ten away. In, ten in a row. Although, yeah. and I'm, I, I love how you make it to count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say pressure. something quite horrible. And oh, okay. I apologise in advance if this offends anyone. Oh. So in, in Salon Kitty, obviously, okay. you've got all these women. They're all... I would say nine out of ten of them are very beautiful women. Mm-hmm. This one, I would say less than half of the women were attractive. The rest of them were some very dumpy looking women <laughs> who were supposed to try and like, you know, arouse these sort of men who've watched these like this slideshow of like a woman eating shit and oh. incest. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. I totally another solo. That. Another thing That's another reason solo. it's yeah. definitely a yeah to the uh, <laughs> video is, nasty roster rather than a nine. <laughs> very, very bizarre that scene. Because yes. I understand oh I guess god. I understand the idea of trying to get these two types of people to these two groups of people to mate. <laughs> but then showing showing them yeah. a film of people eating shit and eating stuff. Shit. Just and like... then there's a woman and daughter. Yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah. Tying on top of each other. And the men are like touching position. themselves and getting very turned on by all this. Yeah. And then, yeah. then they're like, now go have sex. 
Yeah, um, like... that is very much like um, another scene in Sally and Kitty where um, I'm trying to remember the context of why he's doing this, but they have um, the um, various rooms where, for experiment reasons, yeah, they're they, they're having different types of sex, and there's one room where a woman's having sex with a, a dwarf, just, yeah. just to prove something about dwarves. <laughs> they, yeah, they're trying to prove. I think they're trying to weed out the weak ones, basically, yeah. see who will comply the best. Yeah, who who will do anything, you know? Yes. So yeah, but within the context of of this gymnasium scene in this film, it's just yeah. more weird shit for its own sake. Oh, but they do have other things that are so controversial as well. They've got one pregnant slave in there, one oh, yeah. pregnant slave woman, which is just always controversial to mm. see somebody the possibility of a woman being tortured when she's in that condition. Yeah. Um, they've also got some weird hula hoop sex where three people are like inside a hula hoop. Oh yeah, or <laughs> so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you've got all sorts of fucked up shit in this film. This has one of, uh, other than Ilsa herself, this has probably the second best female Nazi. Oh, yeah. This crazy, now, crazy bitch. I think <laughs> Alma, yeah. Alma is really hot in this film, i got to say. Now, I'm not into the whole, like, kinky S&M thing, yeah. I've got to say, but no, I thought she was really hot. She plays the role well. Yeah, very, very well. I mean, we're, we're introduced to her. When she takes, she goes into, I mean, just, just again, just describing this thing, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> she goes into a barracks room where all, all these women are. Oh, she fills all their genitals to find anyone who is menstruating, <laughs> takes the woman out and throws her into a cage with her Dobermans who then eat her because she's menstruating because she's menstruating and can smell the blood yeah it's oh. yeah and it's just like that's how we're introduced to this character this is not the uh, friendly dog from love camp 7 yeah. no yeah the, yeah this yeah this is not the like, friendly dog definitely the hottest nazi women at ilsa <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the lead ss woman from the beast in heat they were definitely the the be- most beautiful most well styled <laughs> and the hottest ones and th- this this one i forget what it is what's her name Alma, in Alma. This. Alma has a weird relationship with the camp commandant, where she kind of dominates him yeah. when no one's looking. And one of the, her her go to thing to do is to take the um, handle of her whip and basically insert it in him. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of dominatrix vibes in most of the and films, but looks, especially in this film. There's quite a bit of girth on this handle. It's yeah. pretty, <laughs> it looks pretty, a little harsh. pretty grim and. And then there's the scene towards the end when he he kind of, because he's in love now, he's not going to put up with any of her shit. And she goes to do it to him again and he grabs the handle. And it's supposed to be a very powerful moment that he's asserting himself. But I'm just like... Fucking hell, she'd be jumping out of his ass. So sooner, mate, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> a lot of powerful men are into that sort of thing. But he did have a nice bath, didn't he? Because he drowns oh. in the bath, the, whatever oh, yeah. you call that bath, and it's low down. Oh, yeah. Great bath. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, quite a lot of deaths in this film. I think I've counted mm-hmm. 23. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's hard to right? count because there's a lot of scenes where multiple women die in a very short space of time. It's difficult to kind of register. So I but, think we kind yeah. of, there's one scene where there's like a gas sort of tunnel chamber and we estimated that maybe... That was a very tough scene. It's very tough and we yeah. estimated... It's dark and there's a lot of people in the tunnel, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. and it, they get blown up, burned to death. Mm-hmm. So we estimated that there's 10 there, which brings women us Women are not enjoying themselves in this film. Yes. No, and I, initially we did... I actually agreed 22 before the show but then I, we remembered that there's a baby Jewish baby that's been eaten so that makes it 23 yeah and I'm not sure 
how many you know the quick line yeah, scene I'm not sure how many people die well. in there there's a lot um, there's definitely four that go down the slide and then one more after that where she's dunked into it and brought back up again so five people die but uh, four people down the quick line death slide which I put here <laughs> there, is, there is there is another theme in Nazi exploitation films is and we've kind of touched on it already and that yeah. is why are they doing this <laughs> so we've discussed like why they do the experiments in SS Experiment Camp. I want to know, like the commandant phoning up his superiors and going, "I need some things for my camp," and they're like, "Okay, what do you need? I need some gerbils. <laughs> um, I need uh, a lot of quicklime. <laughs> uh, I need a massive bathtub, metal bathtub, just big enough to cook a person in." And you know, just nobody questions the logic of any of this within yeah. the film. Obviously, I also need some very ferocious Dobermans. <laughs> I mean, do- Dobermans. Okay, you have guard dogs, yeah. but but yeah. there are some things in this film. And I was watching the, the quick line scene, going, "Why is there a quick line pit. slide yeah. of death pit?" You know what? 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 <laughs> Second appearance of quick line pits in the video nasty round <laughs> of death. Of course, God, yeah, we do love that film, don't we? There's yeah. also a lot of fly cameos again in this. More fly cameos. Fly exploitation. Lots of fly exploitation going on here. They get some uh, rather. Yeah, I only watch the films for the for yeah. flies. For yeah, the flies. amazing. Must love troll too. Yeah, lead <laughs> roles, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, overall interesting. Not sure if there's any more death highlights here. We've obviously got the gas explosion, the quick climb slide, the girl well, to the Doberman. There is the main death, obviously, at the end. So uh, as yeah. as we mentioned, obviously the Lisa. And mm-hmm. Conrad, who's mm-hmm. the commandant, yeah. very Germanic name there, Conrad. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they meet up, obviously, in what's supposed to be the present day. Mm-hmm. He's got off somehow from all these horrible things that yeah. he did at the. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be Nuremberg or a similar sort of trial. What yeah. kind of jury let him off? <laughs> I mean, bear in mind everything we've discussed yeah. in this film alone. It's <laughs> horrific. From the gloves and the pants and just every, the quick line and the cannibalism. What jury let him off? Plus, wasn't it mentioned earlier at the like at the beginning of the film that there's three thousand nine hundred seventy-two deaths of uh, women that were tortured? Yeah. I think that she she tells viewers that. Well, I think um, I mean they did mention like in the exposition at the beginning, like his lawyer did a great job. He put every trick in the book, so maybe they would have said, "Well, he was just a soldier. He was just following orders," yeah. and that's what he says as well. <laughs> so I was just a soldier. I was just doing my duty. For my country, mm-hmm. when when you watch the film, that's clearly not true yeah, yeah. at all. A um, couple of cheesy highlights just before we finish. Mm-hmm. I like there's a line, uh, there's a line of dialogue at the beginning. How did you manage to find me? I looked for you. Yeah, oh yeah, that, that was, was great. Favorite line. Great. <laughs> favorite line. Amazing. Yeah. Um, there's a scene about two thirds of the way through the film where Lisa can't take anymore. She becomes catatonic. Then she wakes up, tries to kill herself, then has sex with the doctor. Yeah. For some reason or another. The good Nazi. Yeah, the good Nazi. They drop as a character. They get yeah. bored of his character and he never turns up again. And then she says, life. Now I want life. <laughs> so, great. I like the bit where he says to Lisa, uh, you are sweet like my Dobermans. Because <laughs> that's his, you know, only comparison there's no, of there's love, There's no really. specific line that he says, but you know the, the blonde Goebbels guy. I just like the fact he is so manic. Yeah. He is so, like, cartoonish in his Definitely. villainy. Um, i got a question. Do you think that the reason why she kills the Commandant at the end is because... She always wanted to kill him. Mm. Or do you think it's because he took away her baby and it's a revenge for that? Because I, when I watch this film, I go, she's only having a relationship with him 
to save herself. To save herself to get yeah. out of the camp. Yeah. I think that's pretty clear. And then and then once she's out, she's gonna kill him. Yeah. But then again, she only really seems to turn on him after the baby's been taken I off. I think her. that's just the way that the film's been edited. Um, yeah. I think they she kills him after it's revealed that like they had a baby mm. and he took the baby away, presumably killed the baby, although you don't see that. So do you think if she that didn't have like the, the final straw? Do you think if she didn't have the baby, she would have killed him anyway? Uh, I think she would have done, but I think probably. that is like a huge that's the final straw. Yeah, because it's yeah. always a real thing in like horror films and films like this, where it's like mother's instinct mm-hmm. and like that can like push them over the yeah. edge, of, like rage, you know. I mean, look at Mother as a film. Yeah, very good point. Mm. Uh, another reason why this film might have been banned, and just a good thing to end it on, gun fellatio. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Very controversial. <laughs> yeah. Also, somebody gets shot in the vagina with a gun close range. Similar to the Beast in the Heat. <laughs> there yeah, is just there so much stuff that. in this film that's easy yeah. to forget things. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. There's, so there's a lot. This one, I mean, this film, you'll be absolutely shocked to hear is not available in the UK. <laughs> no. <laughs> not likely to happen ever, really. I'd be very shocked if it ever got released in the UK. Although Tom, as we said, does have it on DVD, don't you, Tom? Yeah, the internet is <laughs> a wonderful place. <laughs> it's part of the nice exploitation box set, which is an awesome little box set. Um, yes, which we will post a picture of on the Twitter. Yeah, great artwork on it, yeah. Yeah, let's put that yes. on the Twitter, Greg. Definitely. Um, so, that's our not exploitation <laughs> video nasty. We've finished. We've done all four yeah. of them. Um, really, just to start off, I mean, the only good ones, like we said, are that Club's Last Orgy, Ilsa. Yeah. Salon Kitty's quite good, although I don't think of it as a not exploitation film as such. No, but it, it definitely inspired it, you know. Yeah. I, I would say you've got films like Selling Kitty and The Night Porter and Cabaret yeah. and stuff, um, and then you have the Nazi exploitation films yeah. that are trying to mimic that. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. And, um, and, I actually enjoyed the character of Ilsa, so even though it's a harsh film, I, I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was something different. Well, Ilsa was so popular as a character that they just kind of used her again in other films, yeah. but as... Yeah. in different scenarios yeah. and they yeah. ripped off Ilsa there's an, a film I can't remember the name of it where it's clearly supposed to be a rip off of yeah. Ilsa where it's like a woman's name whatever yeah. I'm, well, even, I'm probably going to watch some of the other films um, Ilsa films and I did enjoy that and I haven't seen Saloon Kitty yet but I do intend to watch that because it does sound like it's, it's got really some, good. some aesthetics yes. in it that I'd like to see yeah so. it's a pretty well made mm. film and also we can't let an episode go without mentioning him uh, Rob Zombie's uh, Werewolf Women of the SS Werewolf Women of the SS yeah. please make that movie Rob Please, Rob. <laughs> I, I wanted him to make that more than 31 to be honest <laughs> I expected it and it didn't come so uh, I don't know if after 31 he's going to struggle to get funding well to he's make doing that, uh, another Devil's Rejects film isn't yeah he? He is. yeah that's his next project run out of ideas was, that, no it was one of his most successful I like so the Devil's Rejects yeah what was it's harsh yeah but I do want him to make Werewolf Women of the SS that would be a nice with Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu yeah yeah, yeah. 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 there's some in that <laughs> alone there is more stuff in that trailer alone than like most Ain't of Death doing. Proof you know yeah, yeah. Um, but so, just a, just a the little soundtrack too just a little point on Nazi exploitation with reference to that because you know I mentioned like Nazi zombies and stuff like I said I'm really interested in the way Nazis are represented in fiction and this is Nazi exploitation is the deep end of that mm. now we're getting loads of this kind of stuff like there's loads Nazi zombies have made a massive Mm. Come back in the last since Dead Snow onwards. There's been yeah. tons of them, and you get things like Iron Sky, so yeah. Nazi sci fi on the moon. You get um, it's a Nazi, great aspect of horror. Nazis at the center of the earth. So, so it's almost like the Nazis are in these sorts of films 
become so ridiculous as villains mm. that they no longer have any real connection to the Holocaust. They've almost been yeah. removed yes. from the actual historical context. And, you know, if you made a modern-day Ilsa film now, you know, it probably, like, something like Eli Roth will probably do at some point. Just go, fuck it, yeah. I'll make a Nazi exploitation It's going to come back round. I mean, at the moment, we kind of got cannibal films coming back in. It's still super controversial, especially mm-hmm. in the mainstream. So it's still a really sort of touchy subject. And I think after that, maybe a Nazi theme film would, would come back because mm-hmm. we're because of Trump. Well, yeah, we're struggling for things. Yeah, I mean, that Trump that would be very interesting. North Koreans. And... Do you think um, Nazi films are still as controversial as they were? Do you think it's been more accepted, Tom? I would say it's still just as controversial, just because what, what we're talking about the, the historical context. You know, these are yeah. set. These films are generally set in camps, and you know the Nazis did exist. That's what I'm saying. Is like. Things like Iron Sky with her on the moon, it's so far removed from historical <laughs> facts <laughs> that, um, that you can enjoy it as just being absurd. But because these films, going back specifically to these mm. Nazi sexploitation cinema, yeah. they are co- Holocaust-based, and that is why they're still controversial. Yeah. Obviously, when Love Camp 7 came out, it was probably more controversial, because as you said, the war was only 24 years earlier. Yeah. But I don't think these films will ever stop being as controversial as they are. Yeah. They can be viewed as silly. And I think Gestapo's Last Orgy, because so much of it is just off the, off the scale, yeah. it's silly. But it's it's nonetheless controversial. I think they're always going to be hard a hard watch, you know. Yeah, always. Cool. So, Tom, I want to thank you very much thank for... You very much coming i hope it was worth your while <laughs> i'm sure I, it was yeah i had a great time couldn't do this show on crone radio let me tell you no I, I did contemplate doing it on crone radio oh, then i was like awesome. how how could i do this on crone radio uh, you and dom doing an exploitation show yeah right? that was, so, it's it's kind of a yeah. choice episode of ours to come on to yeah. <laughs> very glad you joined us well, like i said it is the probably the most controversial and crap genre so therefore <laughs> fans of Trashy cinema. It, this is this is the bomb the barrel. So it's almost like an achievement to watch these films in a way. <laughs> oh, speaking of controversial and crap, I'm going to go back to the commandant voice I used at the start of the show. <laughs> so this has been Zillerman Configuration. I'm Greg Knox. She's Ria Fenn. You can find us on Facebook, on iTunes. I've gone all Udo here, so I'll probably stop. <laughs> um, on YouTube, on uh, Stitcher on Podbean um, yeah all the usual places uh, check us out um, yeah things are going great guns hope you're all enjoying the shows <laughs> and I've been reoffend once again I I cannot guarantee you will love exploitation, <laughs> but uh, definitely give it a go <laughs> I'm available on all the usual um, social media channels so I'm on Facebook on my page which has gone over 60,000 followers thank you so much to everybody who's joined me as Rhea Fend Um, I'm on Instagram as Rhea underscore Fend I'm on Twitter as Rhea underscore Fend and both of both Greg and I are posting on our social media as the Lament Configuration thank you so much to everybody who has um, joined us on iTunes and YouTube and subscribed um, if you haven't already subscribed and you listen to the show, please do. And I would absolutely love it if you can do one nice thing this week. Um, please give us five stars on iTunes. And hey, if you want to leave a, a horror-themed review, you could always leave Jesus Wept in the review section or the comments <laughs> of the iTunes five-star rating. Why not? 
Um, we all love Hellraiser here, so if <laughs> if you know what that is and you get it, then you you get us. You know, you know, you know your horror. Um, Tom, uh, do you, you probably have... got a lot of shit to plug. You got some plugs for us. Well, um, I am. Um, yeah, I, I would like to plug a little event that is going to take place in Croydon on the third and fourth of March. It's Croydon GeekCon, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically a small little. Uh, humble little um, film, comic, nerdy, geeky convention that we're hosting. Um, we had a very successful year last year with guests including uh, Nicholas Vince, who played the Chatterer in Hellraiser. Uh, Perfect for this show. Perfect. Uh, this year we've got a couple more guests. Uh, one of the guests we've got is a guy called Jason Ludwig. He's an actor and a stunt performer. He's been in a whole bunch of films. He's been in um, Kick-Ass 2. He's been in Pam. He's been in Force 7 Ronin. He was in The uh, Force Awakens. He's in a scene with Carrie Fisher, actually. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be talking about what it's like to be a stunt performer and um, even do a little demonstration, perhaps, on yours Ooh. truly. <laughs> he's, he is very good. I know Jason, actually. Oh. He's a kind of a friend of a friend of a friend. Yeah, he's a yeah, local, he's local, local, local celebrity. Everyone's yeah. in, everyone oh. knows Jason. He's great. Yeah. I'm going to have to come down to this. It sounds interesting. We have another guest that um, you will have to watch the news of... Um, uh, <laughs> On Facebook, uh, Geekon News, check it out on Facebook and Twitter. Um, it's just Geekon, Croydon Geekon 2018. Our second guest, um, we I can't say anything about him at the moment, mm-hmm. but he this is his first uh, convention. And um, I, I really want to tell you who it is, but I can't. I can't. I promise oh, I couldn't. No. Um, oh, it's a surprise. And we are also, yeah, keeping on the news as it as as it develops because uh, we've also are announcing our stall holders one by one. We've announced one so far, which is um, local artist Elmi. She does handcrafted jewelry and artwork. Um, she was there last year. She was a very 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 good stall. So uh, we are going to keep that keep on announcements. Keep our announcements coming on guests. Mm-hmm. And um, stalls. We're going to do a couple of live podcasts as well. Uh, I'm going to be doing a little game show podcast. So I'm going to do a nice. little sort of review some Outer Rim, but as a game show. Oh. And and Carl and Dan are going to be doing the PCP live again. Cool. So yeah, watch this space. There's more to come. Cool. And um, you're doing something as well. Aren't oh you, yeah, of course. I almost forgot. You mad so bastard. In honor, <laughs> in honor of a uh, Croydon Geekon, um, which has its own Just Giving page. So we're trying to raise money for for it and something i'm going to do is a sponsored filmathon of groundhog day on groundhog day so what i mean by that is for the whole 24 hours of um february the 2nd which is groundhog day i'm going to be watching the film in a loop which i think we've estimated greg is 14 and a bit times or maybe 15 times yeah. by <laughs> the time this show goes on here you will have done it tom so yeah yes yeah, oh, so. um yeah yeah um uh even once i've done it uh the just given page will be up still up um, I've set it up as an event on Facebook so you can look on I think the event's called 24 Hours of Groundhog Day um, a filmathon in aid of Croydon Geekcon um, awesome. but if you go onto the Croydon Geekcon page on Facebook there's a link there as well and there's also a link to the Just Given page for Croydon Geekcon um, Croydon Geekcon itself is a charity event so what we're doing is we're raising money for cancer research if we, if um, in a nutshell, if if we raise enough money to put on a decent event, then the event itself, you know, the bigger the event, the more money we can raise. So, mm-hmm. so please, please give. It's and, for uh, a great cause, and um, the, 
this filmathon is brought to you by the person who actually did a Carrie Ann filmathon last year, didn't you? Yeah, um, I did. I, yeah, <laughs> last year, or maybe just, maybe, yeah, I think about a year ago, um, when Croydon Radio was still a thing, I raised £200 for Croydon Radio by doing a sponsored Carrie Onathon, which was watching all the 31 Carrie On films in a row. That took just over two days. So oh, I wow. thought That's I could it. do this Groundhog Day bastard. pretty easily. Yeah, um, you've got, you, it's like you've been let off lightly this time, yeah, to be it's, honest. It's less time, but a lot of people have said they imagine it's going to be more of a challenge because you'll probably go crazy watching the same thing over and over again. So we'll see. I'll let you know on February the 3rd if I've gone crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you also go crazy watching lots and lots of not exploitation films like yes. for this show. It's very ironic you're talking about these good causes, this charity where we're doing on a show like this. Yes. Considering the just, films we talked about. But... I would just say right now, Queen <laughs> Geekon does not endorse not exploitation <laughs> cinema. Queen <laughs> 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 Geekon endorses um, Cancer Research UK. <laughs> And on that note, uh, we leave you with uh, the lovely song from Gestapo's Last Orgy, and we'll see you next time with more video nasties. Goodbye, everybody. Das Leben wird noch schön.